Can you imagine being the person who destroys God's temple? Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for history. We thank you that you give us perspective. I pray that you would teach us today to honor you in all that we do. Through Christ we pray. Amen. You know, in Old Testament times, there was nothing more tragic than the destruction of Jerusalem. Historically, when you think about the destruction of the temple, it conjures up images of the Babylonians coming into Jerusalem and 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 taking away the treasuries of the temple, and and the people wept. It conjures up images of I think it was around um, eighty or around uh, one sixty seven BC and Tychus Epiphanes gets so embarrassed in his battles against somebody in Egypt. And he gets frustrated with the people of Israel that on his way back home, he goes into the temple and he makes it a temple. That He goes to the temple in Jerusalem and he tries to turn it into the temple of Zeus. And he so wants to desecrate the temple that he takes a pig and he sacrifices a pig, which is known to be a, a, an unclean animal. He sacrifices a pig on the altar in the temple. And and it's just revolting to the people of God. How could he vandalize, desecrate the temple like that? He holds nothing back. Or maybe we think of AD 70. That time that Jesus predicted, actually, that there would come a conqueror. And this time it was Titus would bring his armies and surround the city of Jerusalem. And eventually they would destroy the temple and burn the temple. And um, the stones of the temple would be thrown down and the temple would be destroyed. And to this day, the temple it's desecrated it's never recovered from that destruction now imagine that you are Titus imagine you are Antiochus Epiphanes imagine you are one of the Babylonians going into the temple and robbing it of its precious things Can you imagine a more provocative way to stick your finger in God's eye and say, you're nothing to me. I don't care about you. I have no respect for you. I am going to destroy your house, your place of worship, and I don't care what you think. Can you imagine... Having that kind of attitude toward God, it's, it's, it's attitudes like that. When people have attitudes like that, my Old Testament professor would say, you know, everybody should just stand back as you wait for lightning to strike from heaven because you know <laughs> trouble's coming their way. That's why it's shocking for us to read in First Corinthians chapter 3. The words of the Apostle Paul this church in Corinth, this church in Greece, 
major city in Greece is messed up a hundred times over so many different ways. But in chapter 3, verse 16, Paul says, Don't you yourselves know that you are the temple, you are God's temple, and that the Spirit of God lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy. And that is what you are. Now let that sink in. Raise a whole bunch of questions. Who is God's temple? What does it mean to be God's temple? How do we destroy God's temple? The first thing I want you to notice about this passage is that Paul here is talking to Christians as a group. You, plural, are God's temple. He's talking about the church. You, together, are God's temple. We, together, the church, God's temple. Now, later, Paul would deal with us individually and say that our bodies individually are also temples of the Holy Spirit. Verse, chapter 6, verse 18 says, flee sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits, he commits outside the body. But the person who is sexually immoral sins against his own body. Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have from God, you are not your own. You are bought with a price. So glorify God with your body. So in that time, at that moment, Paul also is saying that individually, our bodies are the temple. Individually, your body is the temple of God's Holy Spirit. God's Holy Spirit lives within you just as the, the Holy of Holies. God was, was the place where God met people and his presence would be known. So your body temples the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in you. Very clearly, that's his point here. So if our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, we have to honor God with our bodies. We don't go all Antiochus epiphany with our bodies and profane God by what we do with our bodies. Now, the classic example of this, of course, when I was growing up was smoking. You know, why don't you smoke? Because smoking damages the body and, um, and therefore, and your, temple is the, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, so you shouldn't do that. Other examples, of course, are given like overeating. Paul's example there is being sexually impure. Could I suggest to you, I, I was quite disturbed when we did our, we did a message um, not long ago talking about um, how abortion is a violation of the sovereignty of God. And it was really sad and disturbing to hear reports of people who claim to be followers of Christ, who think that they're followers of Christ, who are upset because they thought that was a political message, who, who are upset because they really believe that it's abortion is not a church issue because it's my body, my choice. And I wonder... I really do wonder, can somebody believe my body, my choice, and still be a follower of Christ? I mean, the definition of being a follower of Christ is saying, it's not my body, it's his body. The definition of following Christ is you take up your cross 
and you sacrifice your body, his body that he's given you, your body on the cross for him, that we are crucified with Christ. We no longer live, but Christ lives within us. It's not our body. It's his. It's not our life. It's his. My body, my choice is like being Antiochus Epiphanes and taking a pig and saying, I can do with this temple whatever I want. I don't care what God says. Whenever we're tempted to treat our bodies as though they're ours and not God's, it's important to remember 1 Corinthians 3, 16. Don't you know that you are God's temple and the Spirit of God lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy, and that is what you are. My concern for people who get caught up in the, my body, my choice thinking is not political at all. But to follow God is to say, Father, not my will, but yours be done. And it really is impossible to say it's my body, my choice, and at the same time say it's his body, his will be done. The two can't coexist. Now, that's not the primary focus of 1 Corinthians 3, of course. 1 Corinthians 3 is primarily talking about us together as God's temple. What does it mean that we together are God's temple? The temple was the house of God. It was the place where people would go to worship God and pray and sacrifice to God. The temple was the place, the most holy place where God's presence showed up. Keep in mind, we are not the metaphor for the temple. The temple is the metaphor for us. Sometimes people get that mixed up because the temple came first and the temple is huge and impressive. Um, we are not the metaphor for the temple. God set up the temple in the Old Testament to be a picture of what he wanted us to understand about our relationship. The real is not the temple in the Old Testament. The real is the temple of us together, the body of Christ. See, God never really lived in the Old Testament temple, but he lives in you and me. That Jesus lives in you and me is the real. Not that God would show up once a year on the Day of Atonement in a hand in, in, a, in a house built by hands. When we worship together, we are God's temple. When we serve together, we are God's temple. When we build a building like the end zone for the purpose of helping people experience God before they know it's God they're experiencing, we are God's temple. One of the questions that I've asked recently is, why does the church in the United States lack power? What's going to need to happen so the church in the United States can have greater impact could it be that what we need is a recommitment to the holiness of God and the holiness of his church and our commitment to him and his church and to be unifiers and builders and not consumers?